Listen, there's a great work to be done. As soon as you win this court battle, you must deliver this message. Take advantage of this opportunity and declare a powerful message to this world. He expects more of us. He believes we can do more. Who's going to stop Christ? Who's going to stop Christ from getting this work done? This is Behind the Work. Welcome to Behind the Work. I'm Grant Turgeon. The Jews and Samaritans of Jesus Christ's day hated each other. Now, this hatred went back many hundreds of years. They had a long history that they probably used as justification to hate each other. The Jews often called the Samaritans dogs. And these people were foreigners who were transplanted into the land of Judea and Samaria by the Assyrians. So when the Assyrians invaded and took the northern kingdom of Israel captive in 721 BC, they moved in a whole group of foreigners to take their place. And these foreigners then would mix with some of the Israelites who were left behind, who were not taken captive. So you could say that most of these Samaritans were probably part Israelite, part Gentile, which to the self-righteous religious Jews was pretty much an abomination. It was disgusting to them and totally against their religious beliefs. So you had these two groups of people in Christ's day who really didn't get along very well. Obviously, when we grow up with certain beliefs, those beliefs tend to stick with us, even if they're totally wrong. We have to unlearn wrong beliefs before we can learn the truth. These Jews didn't quite have the right understanding. And this even rubbed off on Christ's own disciples, the men who would soon become apostles in God's one true church. They even looked down on the Samaritans because all the Jews around them did. That was just the environment they were a part of. And they thought that it was totally normal to think of a group of people as dogs. What a horrible way of thinking. But we see that thinking all around us today. Satan is a master at planting the seeds of hate in people's minds. There's all different reasons why people might hate each other. It could be based on race, ethnicity, nationality, gender. Oftentimes, a rocky history could be used as justification, just like between these Jews and Samaritans. Plenty of reasons for being hateful. But Christ was not hateful. He did not hate the Samaritans. He did not call them dogs or look down on them 
or try to avoid them. In fact, he went out of his way to spend extra time with them, which was appalling to his disciples. John chapter 4 describes this interaction that Christ had with a Samaritan woman. The disciples weren't around or else they probably would have tried to pull him away, maybe form a barricade so that this woman couldn't even lay eyes on him. But Christ had a chance to talk to her. And this is what it says in our free booklet, John's Gospel, The Love of God. This is written by Philadelphia Church of God, Pastor General Gerald Flurry. And you can get yourself a free copy at thetrumpet.com. On page 64, Mr. Flurry writes, Jesus dared to ask this woman for a drink of water from the well. Wow, this was quite outlandish for our Savior. By the standards of, of his day, he was going pretty far beyond the pale. This was quite out of line, according to the Jews, to even talk to a Samaritan. Now, the Apostle John is the only one who recorded this interaction in his gospel account. He must have learned a powerful lesson from this story. Probably Christ told him about it after the fact. This story has some strong correction in it for everyone in God's church, everyone who is trying to do God's work today. This story demonstrates the world-encompassing love of Jesus Christ, as Mr. Flurry put it. So John 4, verse 9, records how shocked this Samaritan woman was when Christ spoke to her. John 4, verse 9, she said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask drink of me, who am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. This was the sad state of affairs. Different groups of people living together, but who hated each other so much they couldn't even speak to each other. It certainly looks like perhaps the Jews were more at fault, if anybody, but probably both sides were to blame for this to a certain extent. Anytime there is hatred involved, generally there's enough hatred to go around. Here's page 65 of John's Gospel, The Love of God. Mr. Flurry writes, Jesus Christ took this opportunity to begin teaching this woman, a human being who was made in the likeness of God. So where the Jews saw a dog, Christ saw a potential God. It's ironic that dog and God are the same word spelled backwards. D-O-G-G-O-D. -G -G 
but they couldn't, those two words couldn't be much farther apart or further apart in meaning. This is Christ's response to this Samaritan woman. John 4, verse 10. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to you, give me to drink, you would have asked of him and he would have given you living water. Christ was asking this woman for water to drink. She should have been asking him for spiritual water to flow into her life and change everything. Eventually, this woman realized the God being she was speaking to. She finally realized that he wasn't talking about physical water anymore. He was talking about living water. Verse 13, John 4, verse 13, Christ says, Whosoever drinks of this water shall thirst again. Verse 14, But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water, springing up into everlasting life. Clearly, Christ was not talking about physical water. Physical water that quenches thirst only temporarily. The living water that Christ had to offer would quench thirst for eternity. He was offering this water to a woman considered a dog by the Jews. That really should teach us a lot. Christ is so far above prejudice, bigotry, hatred, self-righteousness. He treats people like future gods. He sees them for who they could become, not for who they are right now. Page 65 again of John's Gospel, Love of God. Mr. Flurry writes, Christ went straight into this ghetto area and began to deal with this Gentile woman. Why? Because Jesus Christ came to die for the world. That's what this is all about. Christ didn't die for a particular race or ethnic group. He came to die for the world and to anyone who repents, comes to him and asks to drink. He will give living water to anyone and everyone. Jesus Christ carefully planned this episode at Jacob's well to teach the world this lesson. It is a lesson that every person must learn before he or she can enter God's family. So Jacob's well is where he spoke to this Samaritan woman. That's what it's talking about there. But what an example to actually speak to someone and see the best in her when everyone around him 
did the opposite. He was offering eternal life. He was offering living water to a Gentile, to a Samaritan. Now the Bible does say we have to all become spiritual Jews. We have to become sons of Abraham spiritually. But that has nothing to do with race. Spiritual salvation transcends skin color or any other physical trait. And every human who has ever lived can have an opportunity to receive this gift of salvation according to God's timing. Again, on page 65, but what water that living water is and what life it brings. This water leads to everlasting life, endless glory. What a lesson at the well. Eventually, this Samaritan woman figured out that Jesus Christ was a prophet and that he was a God being. She said that in John 4, verse 19, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. <laughs> Christ, had for, Christ had basically told this woman that he knew about all of her private sins, and only a God could uncover something like that. Only a God who's with us at all times and sees absolutely everything could point out someone's secrets the way he did. This Samaritan woman had the common sense to realize who she was talking to. The sad thing is all the Jews around, pretty much all of them, did not see this. They were around Christ much more and they didn't see it. That's the consequence of arrogance. Thinking we know everything on our own. Here in this booklet, this John booklet, which you can get for free at thetrumpet.com. It shows how Christ went out of his way to spend some extra time with the Samaritans. This woman left Jacob's well and she started telling all of her people about this experience. And all of them wanted to interact with Jesus Christ too. Christ obliged them. He stuck around for a little bit longer. John 4 verse 26, Christ could not have been more plain. Right after this woman professed to believe in the Messiah, Christ told her, I that speak unto you am he. I am the Messiah. You're talking to him. You're looking at him. That's how I knew your secret sins. And she figured it out. And all the Samaritans seemed to figure it out. They flocked to Jesus Christ. They wanted to know the truth. 
this just shows how dedicated Christ was to delivering the true gospel message to everybody. He would go into the ghettos. He would go to the people the other Jews thought very poorly of, and he would teach them. He would even skip meals. He would forget about his own desires humanly, his own physical needs, to spend more time with people who cared about hearing the truth. Here in John 4, when the disciples came back to Christ, just right after he'd been speaking to this Samaritan woman, Christ talks about spiritual meat. So earlier he was talking about spiritual water, living water, water that quenches thirst always, permanently, which physical water cannot do. Here in John 4, verse 32, he says, I have meat to eat that you know not of. The disciples thought Christ must have been hungry after all this time. Yet Christ was so focused on spiritual meat, on the job he was put on earth to do, that he wasn't even thinking about eating. Verse 34, Christ said, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. That's what it was all about for Jesus Christ. That's my food, he said. That's my way of life. That is my purpose. That is my passion. That's the whole reason I'm on the earth. Page 68 of the John booklet, Mr. Flurry writes, this is the key to having passion and high spirits. The work of God has a built-in vision of joy. It always keeps us looking beyond the difficulties of the present and seeing where this is all leading. What difference does it make to miss a meal? Christ wasn't even thinking about physical food. His mind was on why he, the word, was made flesh. If you get your heart into God's work and give it everything you have, it will give you all the exuberance and joy God has to give us on earth. Mr. Flurry goes on to write about trials, how obviously doing God's work, we face trials. Sometimes we get hurt or we feel let down when things don't work out. And yet this drive to serve the world ought to propel us. Christ was completely removing any thought of his own needs so that he could help this Samaritan woman so that he could help all of the Samaritans who came to him after they found out about what happened to this Samaritan woman and her face to face encounter with the Messiah. And he spent more time with them forgetting about himself. This was something that caused Christ to rejoice and get excited Page 69 of the John booklet. 
Jesus Christ just wanted to finish his father's work. That was his great passion. We ought to think as he does. We have one splendid goal to finish God's work. That is why we were called today. As Christ showed with this Samaritan woman, God's work is for the world. This truth has to reach everybody. Mainly as a witness, not necessarily so that everyone will change in this life. But just to know that they have heard this truth before. And then when it's time for them to really be taught, they'll be ready. It's an urgent time to try to finish this work. There are so many people out there to reach. Every single person on earth is a potential member of the God family. Everyone, no matter what they might be involved in or what their background might be, no matter what sins they may have committed, we are all sinners, and yet God cares about reaching all of us. So this really should give us a lot of hope, this example with the Samaritan woman. It should remind us of what we're trying to do and who we're trying to reach. God's work really does have to reach the entire world. Even the people who are called dogs. Even those who are not thought highly of at all. That's what it's all about. Reaching the entire world. Reaching the Samaritan woman. Reaching anyone who will listen. Regardless of their history. There's no reason to justify hatred and division. God's work wants to unite the world bring everyone together, teach everybody, and give them a deep, deep drink of living water. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Grant Turgeon. This has been Behind the Work. You've been listening to Behind the Work. Email your thoughts to comments at kpcg.fm. Listen for a new episode each Monday at 12 p.m. Central Time 